0: Amen. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to the book of Exodus. I wonder, I, I kind of myself in my own life, I get, I'm a little bit nervous of ruts. I don't like falling into ruts. I, I have a hard time sometimes even building habits, consistent habits, because I don't want to just get stuck doing the same thing and kind of do it mindlessly. And I wonder if maybe there's somebody here that just feels a little stuck. It feels like you spinning your tires kind of just wore down, been in the same situation, been dealing with the same issue, the same struggle for a while, and I believe that God wants to pull somebody out of their situation. I believe God wants to get you unstuck tonight, amen. I believe God wants to deliver somebody. And so we're going to turn to the book of Exodus, and this is where I'm going to pull the, the, the uh, title of the, the sermon tonight. We'll read Exodus chapter 15, verse 2 is where we'll start. Exodus chapter 15, verse 2 says, The Lord is my strength and song, and He has become my salvation. The Lord is my strength and song, and He has become my salvation. And tonight I want to talk to you about my strength, my song, my salvation. Amen. Would you just join with me and pray and let's just get ready for the word tonight. Lord, we thank you so much. God, for your goodness. Lord, I thank you, God, for your faithfulness to us. Lord, I pray that you would just minister right now. Lord, let your word be heard over my voice. God, I pray that you would speak into our lives. Lord, those that are feeling stuck, those that are feeling worn down, God, and God, the feeling... God, that they that they cannot be reached. Lord, they're too far gone, feeling like this is going to be their story for the rest of their life. God, I pray, Lord, that there be deliverance in this place right now. God. Let there be joy, God, I pray. Lord Jesus, I pray, oh God, you would just let there be a spirit of deliverance. Let there be an exodus outside of our situation to get into the promised land, to get into the promises that you have for us, to get to our inheritance, to get to the plan that you have in store for us, to get into your will, we pray. God, let it happen tonight. Let there be a supernatural move of your spirit in lives and let us be open to it. I pray, oh God, that every single person, God, would allow you to bring them out, God, and to bring them into a new place into a new land, God, a promised land, God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would just have your way in this place. Let your perfect will be done, we ask, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, amen, amen, amen. In the book of Exodus, we start, we're going to cover a little bit of ground uh, as far as the story goes of of the Israelites, and if you go back to Exodus chapter 5, we find this situation where the Israelites are in bondage. They are stuck, they are in a land that is not their home and native land, they are in a place where they have come to survive and they've, in in a sense, they've they've gotten stuck there. They came for their family to be spared, they came to find uh, nourishment, they came to find food, Uh, but now they are stuck in this land and they are in bondage and in slavery. And that is not the will of God. That's not his plan for them. That's not the end of the story. That's not where he wants them to end up. And so God prepares a deliverer. And that deliverer is Moses. And God is going to use Moses to get in to Egypt and to bring the people out. He's told Moses, he's given them instructions, he's empowered them, he's encouraged them, he's told them what to do. And now Moses, in chapter 5, we see where Moses and Aaron, they go into Pharaoh and they make a request and they say, let my people go. They come to Pharaoh, they say, let the children of Israel go. Let the people of God go. It's time for their bondage to be over. It's time for the slavery to stop. Let God's people go. And Pharaoh re- responds with the question, he says, who is the Lord? Who?" This Lord that you said has given this message, who who is this? I I don't know who this is, and I'm certainly not going to listen to a God that I don't know. I'm not sure who you're talking about, and so no way, Jose, not going to happen. Sorry, Not, not, not today. And, you know, we're living in a world that is becoming more and more unfamiliar with who God is. There's so many more people these days who say, who is the Lord? Who is this God that... These people are talking about. They're, they're not raised in homes that read the Bible. They're not raised in homes that pray before they go to bed or before meals. They are raised in homes where it, there's no God. There is, there's nothing spoken of. There's no, uh, there's no religion. There's no relationship. There's, there's nothing to do with God. We are living in a society where they're, just, they're Godless. They They're not familiar with God. They do not know the God that you read about in your Bible. If they have heard of God, and if they will confess that there is a God, their opinion of him and their view of him is, is usually pretty skewed. It's, it's not quite right. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a take that is convenient to them. And here, Pharaoh, he's just saying, I, I don't know who he is, so no, I'm not going to listen. Not going to happen. And so, Pharaoh, when he gets this... this, this he gets this message that uh, the Israelites are asking to go, and Moses, he says, you know, let us go. We're going to go into the wilderness and we're going to do sacrifice and we're going to have some time with our God. And, and so Pharaoh hears that and he says, oh, you guys got time on your hands. Oh, okay. All right. So what Pharaoh does is he says, all right, we're going to make your job harder. You're slaves already, but we're going to make it harder for you. We're going we're gonna to increase the workload. And the way he does that practically is he, he says, all right, the, the straw that the Egyptians were bringing to you to help you make those bricks and help you build those monuments and those temples, they're not bringing it anymore. you got to go get it yourself. But we still expect you to reach the same quota. We still expect you to hit the targets that we've set for you. He he, he increases their workload, and of course, that aggravates the Israelites. They were working hard enough as it was. Things were difficult enough as it was. Anybody feel like uh, in the last little while, things have gotten a little harder? Oh, that's good. I, could, I, I, I take uh, comfort in knowing I'm not alone. And it, it just, he made it harder. He, he made it more difficult on the Israelites. And, and the Israelites come to Moses, the officers of the Israelites, they come to Moses and they say, what's up, bro? What are you doing to us? Come on, man. We, it was hard enough as it was. And now they're making it more difficult. They even say, you know, God judge you for this. How dare you do this to us? And Moses, he, he hears what they said, and he said, you got a point. And so he takes it to God and he says, yo, bro, what are you doing to us? Here, you gave me a message. You told me to go into Pharaoh. You told me to say, let my people go. You told me to do this. And now they're making our life more difficult. I'm doing what you've asked me to do and it's not getting any easier. It's getting more difficult. And so... God responds to Moses in chapter 6 we'll read some of these verses this is this is God's plan God's got something in store that he wants to show the Israelites he wants to show the Egyptians he wants to show the world he's got something good in store for them and so this is his response to Moses confronting him and saying what's going on here what are you doing chapter 6 verse 2 God spake unto Moses and said to him I am the Lord And I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty, but by the name of Jehovah was I not known to them. And I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, wherein they were strangers. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage. And I have remembered my covenant. Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord. And will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will rid you out of their bondage. And I will redeem you with a stretched out arm. And with great judgments. I will take you to me for a people. And I will be to you a God. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God. Which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you in unto a land. Concerning the which I did swear to give it to Abraham. To Isaac. And to Jacob. And I will give it. To you for an heritage, I am the Lord. God was saying, Moses, I know it doesn't look good. I know it doesn't feel right right now, but remember who I am. Remember who you're talking to. Remember the promises that I've made to your forefathers. Remember the promises I've made to the children of Israel. Yeah, sure, you've been in Egypt for a long time. The people have been in bondage for a long time. But I am the Lord. I get the final say. I will deliver you. I will get you out of Egypt and get you to that promised land. Because here's the thing. If Pharaoh, if, if Moses comes in and says, uh, hey, uh, let, Lord says, let my people go. We got to go into the wilderness. And Pharaoh was like, yeah, sure, go. Awesome. Enjoy. Here's some, here's some vouchers for your trip. Some coupons for McDonald's on the way have a nice time, then this story of the Israelites would be a story of indifference instead of a story of deliverance. It would be a story of a pharaoh who said, yeah, whatever you want to do, go for it. doesn't matter to me. But instead, it was the world. It was the powers that were over the Israelites that said, not a chance. You're not going anywhere. And it was a God who stepped in and said, I don't think so. It was a God who stepped in and said, you don't get to decide. I get to decide. It was a God who said, I am the Lord, and I will deliver the Israelites. And so the story of the Israelites was not a story of just, yeah, go do what you want. It was a story of, I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to get you out. I'm going to show you my strength. I'm going to show you my power. I'm going to use my strong arm, and I'm going to get you out of there. I'm going to do something amazing. I'm going to do something incredible that you'll never, ever forget. And so God says, go He tells Moses, go speak to Pharaoh, but just heads up, he's not going to listen. You're going to say, here's here's what the Lord says, and he's he's not going to listen. He's not going to pay any attention to you. He's not going to give heed to anything that you have to say. And you know, that's just like our flesh. It's just like the world that we're living in. The enemy. Doesn't want to let go. Doesn't want to give in. Your flesh is not going to let go all on its own. It's not going to give up the things that are not good for you flesh is going to say, no, I want to keep this cycle going of just pleasure-seeking. I just want to keep doing what's good for me. I just want to keep doing what feels good, what feels right. The flesh is not going to let go. The world is not going to let go. The world is going to say, no, stay over here. Stay over here where you can have it your way. You can do whatever you want. You can believe whatever you want. Whatever truth you want to make up, that's what you get. You create your own truth. Stay over here in the world. The enemy doesn't want to give up. The enemy doesn't want to let go. He wants to keep you in bondage. The enemy wants to keep you in Egypt wants to keep you as a slave to your sins, a slave to to death, a slave to all these things that are not going to be good for you. The enemy's not going to listen. But what God wants to do, verse verse 5, God says, I'm going to step in and I'm going to set you free. You're not going to be in bondage anymore. Egypt is going to have regretful revelation. They're going to get a revelation and they're going to regret it. They're going to get a revelation of who I am. And they're going to say, I wish we had never known. They're going to say, I wish we didn't have to deal with that God because he took those Israelites out with a strong arm and we paid the price for it. Those those Egyptians, they're they're going to see God work. They're going to see God do something. He's going to deliver the Israelites. He's going to get them out of that land. And they're going to have some regretful revelation of who God really is. Egypt doesn't get the final say. God's going to get the final say. And there's a little foreshadowing of this. When Moses goes into uh, Pharaoh and he throws down his rod, they throw down the, Aaron throws down his rod, and the rod turns into a serpent. And it's quite the sight, and Pharaoh says, ah, that's nothing. Egyptians, chop, chop, come on in. He calls his Egyptians in, he says, go ahead, show them what you can do. And those Egyptians, they throw down their rods, and sure enough, the rods turn into serpents. But what happens, Aaron's rod swallows up those serpents that was a little foreshadowing to say, yeah, you know, Pharaoh, Egypt, you might have a few tricks up your sleeve, but in the end, God's going to win. In the end, God's going to be victorious. In the end, it's the victory is going to go to the people of God. And then following that with much warning, uh, Moses, he talks to the Israelites and he, he he's, or talks to the Egyptians, talks to Pharaoh, and he says, all right, if you're not going to let them go, there's going to be some, there's going to be some repercussions. And, and we read through the, through scripture that there are 10 plagues that, that go through Egypt. We've got plagues of water turning into blood, of frogs, lice, flies, the cattle died, there was boils, there was hail, there was locusts, there was darkness, and then there was the death of the firstborn child of every family that was not under the blood of the lamb. And then finally, after all the carnage, after all of this judgment, after all of these terrible terrible plagues that have devastated the land. Finally Pharaoh gets a hint. He says, "All right, you can get out. You can go. You can leave." And finally the children of Israel are permitted to exit Egypt. Finally they are permitted to have their exodus. And as they leave, as they are going on their way, God gives them a pillar of fire and he gives them a pillar of cloud to lead them and to guide them to carry them on their way to show them where to go in this wilderness and this pillar of fire and this pillar of cloud guides the children of Israel right to where God wants them to be and God warns Moses and says just a little heads up Pharaoh's going to change his mind Pharaoh's going to think about it for a bit and then all of a sudden he's going to say wait a second what did I do I need those people back my monuments are being built no, my, 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 the statue in the likeness of me is not being built. i got to fix this. And he gets mad and he gets upset and he takes off to go get those Israelites again and bring them back into bondage, to bring them back into slavery. And where the, the pillar of cloud and where the pillar of fire have led the Israelites is in a tough spot. He's led them right up to the Red Sea. And they're stuck there. They're right up against it. There's no way to get around it. And while they're there, while they're there, all of a sudden, you know, they they see something in the distance and they hear something and they realize that, oh no, Pharaoh and his army, they're after us again. And as they see Pharaoh coming on his way, they begin to panic. They begin to just lose their minds. They just say, Moses, how could you do this? How could you bring us out here? It was because there was no graves in Egypt, you've brought us out here to die? Is that what you had planned for us? Is that what you're doing for us? It would have been better for us to go back to Egypt. I told you so. I knew this was a bad idea. And they looked at their situation. They looked at the, the reality. They, and they made a logical conclusion to say, this is not good. We're stuck. We're, we're going to be captured again. We're going to be killed, some of us. There's, this is just not going to be good for us. And while they're there panicking, while they're there just losing their minds and, and Speaking out against Moses and giving him a hard time, God speaks. And he reminds the people of who he is. Chapter 14, Moses. so God speaks to Moses, and Moses says in chapter 14, verse 13, Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. I want to let somebody know you're going to see the salvation of the Lord today. There's going to be something changing your life today. And Moses, he says to the people, he says, see the salvation of the Lord today. He will show you the see today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. There's going to be some deliverance happening in this place and there's going to be stuff you're not going to have to worry about ever again. There's going to be some stuff God's going to take away. You've been dealing with it long enough. We're going to get rid of it. God's going to take it away and it's going to be gone. You're not going to see it anymore. You're not going to have to worry about it anymore. God's going to do something. And then verse 14, he says, This is why the Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. He said, Just relax. Just chill out, dudes. God's gonna fight for you, God's gonna do the battle for you. Just hold your peace. Just just calm down, just relax. We've got the Lord on our side. The Lord's going to be fighting for us. He's going, to, he's going to take care of this. He's going to make all your troubles disappear. He's going to make all those problems go away. He's going to make all those, those things that have been bugging you, those things that have just come, they keep coming back, keep, keep giving you stress, keep giving you worry. He's going, he's going to take all those things away. These Egyptians that have caused us centuries of, of hardship, he's going to make it all go away. He's going to make them all disappear. And then sure enough, that pillar of cloud that is leading them, uh, you know, Moses, he, he, takes, he takes his rod and he, Sticks it out, and all of a sudden the water, the Red Sea, just parts. Amazing. Supernatural provision. A way out. A supernatural providence of, here's how you're going to escape. And he, God opens up those waters, and the Israelites walk through on dry ground. Now, I, in my house, we live close to the water, and when the tide goes out, you can walk down there, but if, you, if you're not careful, you've got to wear your old shoes, because as you're walking, if you're not careful... Your shoes will just you to fall right off. It gets sucked right off your foot. But the Israelites, they walked across the Red Sea on dry ground. They walked across on dry ground. God made a way. And then for the Egyptians, so that was the Israelite treatment. Now for the Egyptians, that pillar of cloud got in the way. They couldn't see anything. There was darkness. There was confusion. God, God caused the, the wheels of their chariots to fall off. He made it so that there was, they, couldn't, they, were, they had to freeze for a bit. They couldn't see anything. They couldn't see the person beside them. They had to just stop. And then finally, when that all cleared and they got into the Red Sea on that ground, Moses stretched out his hand again, and those waters came crashing down on the Egyptians. Those waters came down on those Egyptians, and they were never to be seen again. Those people that had caused God's people so much trouble those those ideas and those those ways of living that had caused the children of Israel so much grief, so many years of hardships, all of a sudden it was all gone. And this this is what happens. Chapter 14, verse 31. Israel, they're witnessing all this. Remember, they're the ones that panic, they're the ones that are freaking out, and, and then they got to walk across on dry ground, water on both sides, just like a wall. They're walking on dry ground. What's going on here? They get over to the other side and just as they cross, Moses stretches out his hand again. Those waters come crashing down on the Egyptians. And the Israelites have seen all of this. And all of a sudden, chapter 14, verse 31, Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians and the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. The Israelites had seen some things and they said, you know what, God, we're going to believe in you. We're going to trust in you. We're going we're to depend upon you. We're going to rely upon you. And I'll tell you what, if we can believe in God for some things, if we can trust God, if we can let go of our situation, if we can just push back just enough to say, God, I know this looks bad, I know this, is, this has caused me years of grief, I know this has caused me tons of trouble, but I'm just going to push back and I'm just going to say, God, I believe in you. I trust in you. Here, you can have it. You take it. I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to believe in you. And I'll tell you, if there would be somebody in this place that I just say, God, I believe in you. God, I believe in you to be my deliverer. I believe in you to make a way when there is no way. I believe in you to make that wet ground dry. I believe in you to get me out of Egypt. I believe in you to get me out of this situation. If there be somebody who will believe that, then you'll get you'll get out of that situation. You'll get out of that, that, that trouble. You'll get to see a miracle. You'll get to see God provide. You'll get to see God do something great in your life. And so I wonder if right now, if we can just maybe just do a little check here and wonder if we can just worship God. Let's just let faith arise. Amen, let's just let faith take over. Let's erase doubt right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, you are good. Lord, you are awesome. Lord, you are magnificent, oh God. You are a way maker. Lord, you are a provider. You're a miracle worker, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship you, God. We believe in you. Lord, we trust in you, Jesus. Lord, we are depending upon you right now. God, we know, Lord Jesus, that you can make a way when there is no way. God, that you can take any hopeless situation and turn it around, oh God. Lord, that any person that is in this place that feels that they are defeated, Lord, that feel they'll never get out. God, you can make a way. God, you can provide for them, oh Lord. God, you can do something supernatural in their lives right now, God. And we choose to believe in you, God. We choose to lean on you, oh God. To lean on you for our salvation. To lean on you for our deliverance right now. And God, we are just letting you know, God, that we believe you. We trust in you, God. And we're looking forward to seeing what you have in store for us tonight, Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Lord. And then, as the people believe, as they they get all excited, they say, we believe in God we believe. They get across that Red Sea and then chapter 15 verse 1 says then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord and spake saying I will sing unto the Lord for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song and he has become my salvation. Once they had seen God work. Once they said God we believe in you. They said God I know you to be my strength. I know you to be my song and you have become my salvation. And I want to tell you tonight that God wants to be your strength. God wants to be your strength. There's numerous times in this, this account of the children of Israel where God, he's speaking, he's, he, he refers to bringing the Israelites out with his strong hand time and time again, he says, I brought Israel out with my strong hand. He even says, you're going you're to be talking to your kids, and they're going to say, hey, what's this about? What's this Passover about? What's this redemption of the firstborn? What's that all about? And you're going to say, there was a time in our history, there was a time when the people of God trusted in God, and they believed in Him, and they depended upon Him for, a, for deliverance, and God brought them out with His strong hand. God used His strength. God used His power, and He brought the Israelites out of their bondage. He brought them out of Egypt and led them unto the promised land, and and here we are thousands of years later and we're still talking about it because God brought the Israelites out with a strong hand and God wants to bring you out with his strong hand the same God that delivered the Israelites the same God that brought them out of Egypt can get you out of your situation the same God can get you out of your trouble no matter how long you've been dealing with it no matter how heavy it feels, amen God can be your strength God can be the strength that gets you out now that strength, when somebody's got strength that means they've got power to prevail they are going to win you do an arm wrestling match, strongest guy wins. Whoever's got the strongest arm will win. And I'll tell you, when it comes to God, there's nobody that can beat him. That strength that's in that hand, that strength that's in that arm, there's nobody that can overpower that. When, God said, when the Israelites sang and they said, God, you are my strength, they said, God, you prevail. God, you're the winner. God, you are victorious. God, you, you, you defeated our enemies. God, you took over. You know, it didn't matter who tried to stop them. It didn't matter that, it, that the Egyptians had power over them. It didn't matter that the Egyptians were their taskmasters and their, their, their slave owners for, for centuries. None of that mattered. It didn't matter what Pharaoh tried to say. It didn't matter how many times He changed His mind. It didn't matter how He tried to stop them. It didn't matter that He ran after them. It didn't matter. None of that mattered because God was their strength. It didn't matter what the world said. It didn't matter what people said. It didn't matter what the, what the enemy said. God said, I'm going to deliver you. God said, I'm going to get you out of there. And so the people, they sang, they said, God, you are my strength. God, you've led us out with your strong hand. I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter what the enemy says to you. It doesn't matter what lies they tell you. They might say, you're stuck like this. Don't even bother fighting it. Don't even bother trying to get out of it. This is your story for the rest of your life. I'm here to tell you that God's going to deliver you with his strong hand. I'm here to tell you that God is your strength. (laughs) Amen. If you'll believe on him and let him be your strength, he will prevail. He will deliver you. He will get you out. You don't even need to pray and say, God, give me strength. Don't even just say, God, could you give me some strength to get through this? No, God, be my strength. God, I need you to be my strength. Don't just give me something to get me through the day. Don't just give me something just to get me through a little bit. No, I need you to be my strength. I need you to take over. I need you to just get in the way. I need you to take over and get me out of this situation because I can't do it on my own. I need your strong arm to prevail. God, be my strength. Anybody here think God's wonderful? God is wonderful. He's awesome. We serve a great God. I'll tell you, that word wonderful, it, in, its, in its meaning, it's connected to a word, it, it's connected to the meaning of something hard, something difficult. It's whenever God does something that is, seems, it seems like a difficult thing. Seems like a hard thing. If God could, you know, if God could cook craft dinner, so I can do that too. That's no big deal. That's not really that wonderful. But when God can get you out of Egypt, that's a hard thing. When you've been there for over 400 years, that's a hard thing. When you're stuck up against a Red Sea and there's nowhere to go, and all of a sudden he splits the water, that's a hard thing. Amen, that's what happens when a God who is strength, when a God who will prevail, when a God who is wonderful, when he can do the complicated things, when he can do the difficult things, when he can do the things that seem impossible. Amen, that's our God. That's our wonderful God. If there's anybody here, you're thinking, nope, he can't fix this, this is too big, this is too much. I'm gonna tell you, my God is wonderful. My God is powerful. My God can do anything that needs to be done. He's got strength in his arm. He's got strength in his hand and he is ready to deliver you. And when you've got God as your strength, when you say, God, you can be my strength, when you, when you, you get excited, you say, God, I believe in you, I trust in you, God, you're my strength. I, I'm leaning on you for my strength. All of a sudden, when you see that you've got the victory, you've got God who prevails, you've got that strong arm fighting for you, all of a sudden there's this, whew, that feels good. All of a sudden there's this joy. There's this song that overcomes you. There's this excitement to say that, oh, God won, we won. We, 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 we defeated the enemy, we won. You know, when, when they have the Olympics, the winning team or the winning person, they get up on the podium and they play their anthem. That's a victory song to say, hey, I'm from this country and we won. Whenever we see that God is our strength and we see that God has prevailed, I tell you what, there's something that gets me excited whenever I see that I've won. I get excited about winning. I get excited about whenever God does something impossible. When he looks at something difficult and he says, yeah, I can take care of that. And all of a sudden, he gets that song. We were singing about, you know, that joy unspeakable? All right, there's this song that overtakes my my son Alistair here. He's four years old, and he is just high energy, always happy, always excited. He's always got a smile on his face, and he is always singing. I was trying to talk to them on FaceTime a couple days ago, and I'm trying to talk to Corver, and all I can hear is B-I-N-G-O, 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 and bingo was his name Oh, You know why? Because he's four years old, and he's full of joy. And whenever you get joy, whenever there's you got no problems, you got no issues, and things are going good, and you've got victory and you've won, and the enemy has been overcome, and the enemy's been defeated, there's a song that overtakes us. There's there's no wonder we get in church and we just lift up our hands and we just wanna sing. We just wanna sing out. We might not have the talent to be able to lead and worship, but God, I'm gonna sing anyways. God, I'm gonna lift up my voice and I'm gonna give you glory. I'm gonna give you honor, God, because you've delivered me. God, because you've saved me, because you are my strength, God, because you prevail, you've brought me out of Egypt, you've brought me out of that land. You You've brought me out of this problem, oh God. You've brought me out of this area. And God, I'm going to sing to you. I'm going to get excited. And I'm going to sing right from my heart. You know, whenever they're panicking, when they're all worried and they see the, the Egyptians coming, they're stuck right there. Moses says, hold your peace. He says, just relax. But i tell you what, when you get through the waters, when you get to the other side of a miracle, when you come through the Red Sea and you're standing on dry land, There was no more hold your peace. There was Moses, he was leading the charge, and he was dancing, and he was singing, and Moses took it up and he said, We've got victory. Don't need to hold your peace anymore. No need to be quiet anymore because we have got victory, because we have won thanks to the strength and the mighty hand of God. And I'll tell you, there's gonna be some people singing a song tonight. There's gonna be some people, you're gonna have some deliver, you're gonna have deliverance, you're gonna have some prayers answered, you're gonna have some miracles take place, and there's just gonna be a song that over that takes over. Amen. As we as we feel the power of God sweep over us, there's gonna be some- something powerful that happens and that's what happened to the israelites they started singing they started worshiping god and here's just some of the things that they said chapter 15 verse 4 they were they were saying there and they said pharaoh's chariots and his host hath he cast into the sea his chosen captains are drowned in the red sea they were singing they said the enemy is defeated they were saying and satan is under my feet they were getting excited all right, they were, they, were, they, were, they were all pumped up. The enemy's defeated. They're gone. The Egypt, maybe they sang this. The Egyptians are under the sea. They were getting excited. They were singing there to the enemy's defeated. I'm going to tell you about the salvation that Jesus Christ offers. I mean, if you've never experienced salvation, Jesus wants you to be saved today. He wants you to experience salvation. And that's why I want to tell you that the enemy is defeated. Sin is defeated. Death is defeated. Who, his own self, bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, might live unto righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. Amen. Sin is defeated. Death is defeated. The enemy is defeated. Get get ready for your deliverance. Get ready. Get ready to sing. Get ready to get excited. Death is conquered. It's a, it's a it, victory is a sure thing. You believe in God, you, you put your, God and be your strength, you, you're, you're going to be fine. They keep on saying in verse 9, uh, th- this is what they said, they said, the enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. They said, that's what the enemy had to say. They were singing, they said, the enemy wanted to keep us under wraps, the enemy wanted to keep us in bondage, the enemy wanted us to just stay right where we were and just get comfortable in slavery, get comfortable in bondage. Well, i tell you what, they knew. They knew that the enemy doesn't have the final say. They knew that God had the final say. They might get to say something. They might get to say something about their situation, but God gets the final word. And then they keep going, verse 11, and they say, Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? The, the, the Egyptians, they've got all these gods, all these other nations got these gods, but I'm going to tell you what, there is nobody like our God. They're singing. They said, there's nobody that could do what we just saw. There's nobody that could get us out of Egypt like that. There's no other God that can do that. Who is like our God? Amen. Who is this King of glory? Hallelujah. Amen. They're singing. they say, The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Amen. There is nobody like your God. I want, I want you to know the God you came to worship tonight, there's nobody like him. I want you to know, maybe you've been coming to church for a long time. Maybe you forgot that your God's got all the power. Your God is omnipotent. His power is endless. His power is limitless. Amen. It doesn't matter what situation you find yourself in. Amen. There is nobody like the Lord. Who is like the Lord? There is nobody like Him. And they keep on singing. Verse 13, they say, Thou in thy mercy hath led forth the people which thou hast redeemed. Thou hast guided them in thy strength unto thy holy habitation. I want want everybody to know there is no way you're going to get this without mercy. The mercy and grace of God. If you think I've got to do some things to deserve this, I've got to do something to earn my deliverance, not a chance. Not going to happen. The, the only reason I can preach about this, the only reason I can get excited about this is because of the mercy of God. The Israelites weren't necessarily doing the right things for God to say, okay, now you deserve to be delivered. All he said, he said, I see my people, I hear their groanings, I hear their cries, and I want to get them out of there. And so he said, I'm going to deliver them, I'm going to send them to deliver." Amen, God's got his mercy, and his mercy is extended to every single person in this room. No matter where you're sitting, no matter where you're from, no matter who your mama is, no matter who your daddy is, it doesn't matter. The mercy of God is for you. It's a free gift for you. And I like this part when they keep singing. And they get talking about all these other nations. Chapter 15, verse 14. They say, the people shall hear and be afraid. They're going to hear about what just happened, and they're going to be afraid. They said, uh, sorrow shall take hold of the inhabitants of Palestina. Then the dukes of Edom shall be amazed. The mighty men of Moab, trembling, shall take hold upon them. All the inhabitants of Canaan shall melt away. Fear and dread shall fall upon them by the greatness of thine arm. They shall be as still as a stone till thy people pass over, O Lord, till the people pass over which thou hast purchased. People were going to hear about what the Israelites did and the fate of the Egyptians. And it was going to strike fear into other godless nations to say, don't mess with those people to say their God is a powerful God. When Jesus died on the cross, he conquered sin. He paid the price for your sin, and that was a big problem. Sin was running rampant. It was affecting every single person that ever lived. It was a big problem. And when Jesus died on the cross, he took care of it. And then, to up his game... They buried him, and three days later, he resurrected. He brought himself back to life, and so he conquered death. And death was a problem. It was the world's biggest problem, besides taxes. It was a problem that nobody could solve. There was no way to solve it. Everybody was subject unto death. Everybody had to die. But then all of a sudden, there's this guy that comes along, the Messiah, And he dies and doesn't stay dead and brings himself back to life. And so he's conquered death. I want to tell you that sin and death are conquered. And who here agrees that those are big problems? Sin is conquered, death is conquered. So, depression, look out. Fear, watch yourself. Addiction, you're going to have to go because death has been conquered, sin has been conquered. And so whatever your situation is, whatever your issue is, whatever the thing is that's eating you up inside, it has to go. I want every evil spirit, anything that's giving you trouble, I want, that, I want them to know that God's in this room. God is here and he's ready to deliver some people. So you better watch out. You better look out because the Holy Ghost is coming to deliver some people and get some people free from the chains that are holding them back. Amen. Just like he delivered the Egyptians that struck fear into everybody else. I want want everything that's not of God to know we're coming for you. Because even even in the Old Testament, they wrote and they were talking about, these are the people which thou hast purchased. You are not your own. Jesus bought you with a price. He paid the price for your salvation. He died on a cross so that you wouldn't have to. Amen, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Because of His sacrifice, because of the fact that He was wounded for our transgressions, He was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon Him, because of that, you have been purchased by His blood. You have been purchased by the blood of Jesus. And so that means you are allowed to experience salvation. You get to experience the salvation that Jesus wants to offer you. Not just a salvation that extends until the final day that you live on this earth, but a salvation that lasts forever and ever and ever and ever. It's a salvation that God wants to give you. He wants you to be in his family. He wants you to be a part of his people, part of his children. And he wants you to stay there forever and ever. He wants you to say, God, I believe in you every single day that I'm going to live. You're going to be my strength. You're going to be my song. And you will become my salvation. But let me just tell somebody that God's not just looking to bring you out of something. Because in chapter, chapter 15, verse 17, they say, thou shalt bring them in. And plant them in the mountain of thine inheritance in the place, O Lord, which thou hast made for thee to dwell in, in the sanctuary, O Lord, which thy hands have established. God's not just looking to get you out of Egypt. He's not looking just to get you out of your situation. He's looking to bring you into something better. He's trying to get you into the promised land. He's not just trying to get you out of depression. He's trying to get you into peace and hope. He's not trying to get you out, just get you out of anxiety. He wants to get you into that, ah, God's got this. God's taking care of it. He doesn't want to just get you out of addiction. He wants to get you into freedom. He wants to get you into new life. Amen. God's not just just trying to get you out of something just so you can get rid of it. God's wanting to get you into something better. God is wanting to get you into an inheritance. God is wanting to get you into an eternal reward. That's what he has in store for you. And for those of us that will allow him to deliver us, for those of us that will allow him to work, we will say, God, I believe in you. You will be my strength. You will be my song and you will become my salvation. God's going to get you into something more. From the moment tonight, whenever you say, God, you can have it all and he takes it all, you are going to step into something more. You're going to step into something greater. You're going to step into your inheritance. That's what God has got in store for you. And so I wonder, I've got a couple more things I want to say, but I wonder if right now we can pray. I'm going to pray that God, let's just all stand for just a minute. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hmm. Jesus. Amen. Let's all lift up our voices right now. If you need to be delivered, if you need deliverance from something, If you've been depressed for a long time, God wants to get you out of it. If you've been anxious and have fear in your life, God wants to get you out of it. Amen. If there's addictions that have got a hold of you, amen, God wants to get you out of that today and he wants to get you into something more. If you're living a life full of sin and empty of God, amen, God wants to get you into new life. God wants to get you into that that salvation experience. He wants to take your sin Away. He wants to take death away from your life and allow you to live eternally with Him. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. If you need deliverance, ask God for it right now. Amen. If you've had deliverance, if God's brought you out of some things, why don't you worship him for it right now? Amen. If you used to be a drug addict, if you used to be an alcoholic, if your your house used to be broken up and busted, amen, God spared you and God healed you. Amen. If you used to be out on the street homeless if you used to, and God's provided for you, if, if you used to be in a bad spot, amen, if you used to have a life without God and you remember what that was like, I wonder if you can thank him for it. I wonder if you can praise him for it right now. Amen. As god gets ready to pour out his deliverance as god gets ready to bring some people out of their egypt tonight hallelujah hallelujah that's it church that's it lift up your voice amen you've got the victory god said i'm gonna bring you out amen god's promised us victory god has promised us a a, a sure win hallelujah jesus hallelujah jesus oh in the name of jesus oh lord have your way oh god Have your way, Jesus. God, do what I can't do. Do what we cannot do, Jesus. Do something supernatural in this place. Do something big, oh God. Do something wonderful. Do a hard thing right now, Jesus. Do something that's difficult. Do something that hasn't been solved in years. Do something where we don't have an answer for it, oh God. Lord, we don't have the right counsel. We don't have the right words. We don't have the power to change it. God, do something right now that only you can do, God. Do something right now that only you can be praised for, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Amen. God wants to be your strength. He wants to be your song. He wants to become your salvation tonight. Hallelujah. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Lord, have your way. Pour out your spirit, Jesus. Draw us out, God. Help us, Lord, to make that decision to get out of Egypt. God, let somebody, God, right now, make that decision in their mind to repent. God, to turn away from some things, to get some things out of their life. God, to make a change right now. God, to give up their hardship, to give up, God, their their troubles, Lord, and lay them at your feet. God, to cast their cares on you, Jesus. Right now, in the name of Jesus, let there be a supernatural happening, oh God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. amen you're not here by accident tonight amen God's got he's coming for you he's he's running after you He's asking you to come out of Egypt. He's asking you to come out from that situation. He's asking you to give it up. He's asking you to turn it over to Him. He's asking to be your strength. He wants to give you a song. He wants to give you something to rejoice about. He wants to give you something to be thankful for. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. God's wanting to do something in your life right now. Hallelujah. There's nobody that is too far gone. There's nobody that has been away from God too long. There's nobody that has done too many wrong things. Amen. God wants to deliver you. God wants to get you out of that. Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Israel was in Egypt for 430 years. Amen. If that, if you, if you can beat 430 years, then maybe you've got a point. But if anybody here is younger than 430 years, you've got no problem with God being able to deliver you. Those people were there for a long time. It didn't look good at all, but suddenly God stepped in. He became their strength. He became their song and he brought them out of Egypt. He got them out of Egypt. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's just worship Him one more time. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Mm. Come on, somebody. Trust Him. Just trust Him. God's got nothing but good in store for you. Oh, Jesus. 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 Lord, let faith arise. God, we pray against doubt, Lord. We pray against fear, Jesus. Oh, in the name of Jesus, let somebody believe on you right now. Let somebody trust on you right now, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's it, church. That's it. Let God deliver you. Amen. Come on out of Egypt. Get out of there. Come on. Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up out of that grave. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let God turn you around. Let Him set your feet on solid ground right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let Him give you joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let Him give you a peace that passes all understanding. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let Him take away that spirit of fear. Give you power, love, and a sound mind. Hallelujah, Jesus. That's it right in your seat. Right where you're at. That's where you are. That's where God's coming for you. Right where you're at. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, Lord, let there be a deliverance right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, we praise you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, 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 Jesus. Let me just encourage somebody right now. Maybe there's, maybe there's somebody who feels like you got too much, You got too much baggage. you got, you got too much stuff to worry about. i me tell you a little detail of the story of the Israelites coming out of Egypt. Just before the last plague... Just before that, death angel came and the firstborn of every family uh, was, was killed under, that wasn't under the blood. Just before that, God gave instruction to the Israelites and said, Go borrow from your neighbors, the Egyptians. Go borrow some stuff from them. And then, when the final plague happened, the Egyptians said, Listen, get out of here. Get, get out of here in a hurry. We don't want you around here anymore. And the Israelites got to leave with the silver and the gold. They got to take the Egyptians' stuff. They spoiled the Egyptians. They they took their stuff without force, without, without having to fight for it. God, there was favor. The Egyptians had favor on the Israelites, and they said, hey, can we borrow your stuff? And they said, yeah, sure. And then not that long after, they were gone. There's somebody, you got some stuff, some dark spots in your story, some stuff from Egypt? that you don't want to like, talk about? You don't, want to, you don't want to look at it a lot? I'll tell you what happens whenever we give something to God, when He becomes our salvation. We get to take those things we took from Egypt, that silver and that gold, those precious things, and we, we get to use those for His kingdom. God can take a bad thing and He can make it turn good. He can take the worst thing and somehow, some way, it's used for His glory. And so there's somebody here, you've got some dark spots in your story. You've got some details that maybe nobody else knows or very few people know, and you wonder, God, what am I going to do with this? I'll tell you what, when you you say, God, I believe in you, you're going to be my strength, you're going to be my song, and you're going to be my salvation, while you're in that salvation state, every so often you can say, hey, Egypt, I'm just going to borrow this for a second. I'm just going to borrow this part of the story, and I'm going to use it for his kingdom. You say, hey, Egypt, I'm just going to borrow this part of the story, and I'm going to share it with somebody who's going through the same thing. You say, I'm not going to glory in it. I'm not going to give too much attention to it and, and you know, get all excited about all the bad things I did. But I'm, I'm just going to borrow it for just a second. And I'm just going to use it for his kingdom. I'm going to show somebody, look what God did for me. Look at the testimony I've got because of what God did for me. I was in Egypt. I was in a bad place. I was in a tough situation, but somehow God got me out of it. Somehow God brought me out, and now he's my strength. He's my song. He's my salvation. And those things that were bad details, those dark spots, those things that were, were, were tarnished on your story and on your record, all of a sudden you say, God, I'm using this for you. And God uses that for the salvation of souls, and he uses it to help people who are going through the same thing, and he uses it for his kingdom and for his glory don't want to tell somebody, if you've got some dark things and you're saying, God, I, I, you can't have that. I don't want you to have that. Give it to God. Give it to God. You might have to borrow it every so often and say, here's what God did for me. And we like hearing about it. We like getting excited about all the things that God has done. But I'm going to tell you, God's going to use those things. God's going to use that baggage. He's going to use those things that you brought from Egypt that are not yours. They're not yours. Jesus paid for them. Jesus paid the price for them. They're not yours anymore. But you get to use those for his glory. For his glory. Amen. I want to encourage somebody tonight. And I I just want to say, we're going to say one more thing, and then God's going to do some deliverance. Uh, Corver, can you come up here for a second? There's this beautiful, beautiful, I I know you've been standing for a while, and we're getting ready just to let, God's already, I, I can just see God's already working on some people. Amen. But I just want to do this one more time. For those of you that are hesitant, for those of you that are just not sure about letting God, letting God have it all, you're just not so sure about deliverance. All right. You stay right here. Okay, bud? You stay right here. All right. Okay, This is my son. This is my son. All right. problem is, let me give you a little context, just real quick. This is, I get this from the book of Hosea. And the book of Hosea is all about getting back to God. It's God speaking through Hosea to say, I need my children to get back to me. And in chapter 11, the first four verses, there's this wonderful picture that Hosea paints of what God has in store for you, what God wants from you. Can you put up Hosea chapter 11, verse 1? That's what he says. He says, when Israel was a child, then I loved him. That's my child over there. The problem is my child's in Egypt. My child's not where I want them to be. My child is away from me right now. He's all the way over there. Then verse 2. And they called them, so they went from them. They sacrificed unto Baal and burned incense to graven images. They were doing the wrong stuff. My child is over there, and he's doing the things he's not supposed to be doing. He's not where I want him to be. He's doing the things that I have told him not to do. That's what he's doing. He's over there. He's in Egypt. He's not living life the way he should be. Verse 3, I taught Ephraim also to go, taking them by the arms, but they knew not that I healed them. God's looking at his child in Egypt, and he's saying, I taught them the right way to live. I gave him the word of God. I put preachers in front of his face. I gave him a Sunday school teacher. I gave him parents that prayed and believed in me. I gave him all these things, and yet he's still over there in Egypt. There's some of us, we're over there in Egypt right now. We're not where God wants us to be. We are away from God. If I were representing God, my child is too far from me right now. My child is not where I want them to be. Verse 4. I drew them with cords of a man with bands of love. Let me just tell somebody who feels like living for God is too restrictive. You feel like there's too many things you got to take care of. Okay, just stand still, okay, buddy? Thanks. Feel like there's too many things. I want to tell you those are bands of love. There's a reason you don't let your children run in traffic. The things that God has put in place to try and keep you safe, those are bands of love. When a preacher comes and says, stay away from this, those a band of love. When you open up your Bible and it says, hey, do not do this, do this, that's a band of love. That's no restriction. That's giving you life. That's giving you purpose. That's going to keep sin away. That's going to keep you out of Egypt. That's going to keep you out of of those bad places. And those those are bands of love. And here's this picture. Whenever I'm reading this, this is the picture I get. Because God does not want his children over there in Egypt. He doesn't want you to be far from him. But he's not going to force you to come be with him. Brute force brings bodies, not souls. And he doesn't want your body, he wants your soul. He wants the best part of you. He wants the purest part of you. And so what God does is he's not gonna go over and drag you out of Egypt. He's not gonna come and take you by the collar and say, I told you to stay away from there. I told you to get out of that stuff. You know what God's gonna do? God's gonna get down. He's gonna say, My son, come here. Come here. And He's just gonna open up His arms and He's just gonna welcome you back and He's gonna call you out of Egypt. He's going to ask you, would you come out of Egypt? Would you please get out of Egypt? Would you come be with me? Would you let me be your strength? Would you let me be your song? Would you let me become your salvation? Would you get out of Egypt and be with me? My child, would you be with me? Would you come and be with me? Your Father, your Heavenly Father. And I'm going to tell you, you can go sit down, buddy. Amen. God is calling somebody tonight. And I'm opening up these altars if the music wants to come back. If you want to beat the music and get up here and get delivered before that, that's fine with me. God's calling somebody to come out of Egypt. God is calling somebody to get out of your situation. Amen. God wants you to be delivered. He doesn't want you to be stuck anymore. He doesn't want you to be restricted. He doesn't want bondage to be your story. He doesn't want slavery to be your story. He wants you to experience salvation. He wants you to experience freedom. He wants to get you out of that situation. He wants to get you out of that depressed state. He wants to get that anxiety gone. He wants to get that addiction taken care of. He wants to get that fear erased out of your life. And if you want that, if you will listen to the call of God tonight, and you'll say, God, I'm I'm listening to you, Father. I'm hearing your call, Father, and I'm going to come. I'm going to get out of Egypt. I'm going to come be with you once again. I'm going to come be in your arms. I'm going to come and let you be my strength my song, and my salvation. If there's anybody you want deliverance, I encourage you to come on up to this altar, lift up your hands, amen, surrender to God, amen, and just let His Spirit just take over. Amen, let the power of the Holy Ghost, let the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, amen, let His sacrifice on Calvary, amen, let let, let the price that He paid, amen, just let it take over. Nobody, don't be scared, folks, don't be scared. Don't stay in Egypt. Don't stay in Egypt. That's a place you don't want to be. Amen. That's a place you don't want to hang out. Amen. Egypt is not what God has in store for you. Egypt is not the end of your story. Hallelujah. God's got something better for you. God's got something greater for you. He's got an inheritance. He's got a promised land. He's got somewhere He wants you to go. He's got a place He wants you to go. He's got people He wants you to minister to. He's got got a, a, a church He wants to build with you. Amen. God's calling you. God's calling you. Nobody miss it. Don't miss the call tonight. Don't miss the call from the Father calling you out of Egypt. Amen. Let him be your strength. Let him be your song. Let him become your salvation. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Oh, come on, church. Listen to the call and listen to the call. The Father's calling. He's calling you out. Come on out of Egypt. Get out of there. I've got something better for you. I've got something greater in store. Come on, let me be your strength. Let me be your song. Let me be your salvation, child. Hallelujah.